I don't know what's happening. As the boss of the podcast, I'm concerned that I don't know what's happening. I've only seen it on YouTube. I have so I'm, many questions. Do I need to move on? <laughs> Please. <so>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Does Eyes Wide Shut count as a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> what's wrong with you? After giving away all of The Mandalorian, this is where we're going to draw the line on spoilers. Wilson! Oh, I was not listening. <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. Did we just J.J. Abrams' this podcast where we had a great 90% and then couldn't land it? Yeah, pretty well. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Just to be clear, did you say Robert De Niro? Yes. I'm sorry, have you seen the movie? Have you not seen Godfather Part 2? Oh, no. You used to take that back. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say that. All right. The, the listeners at home can't see the look of the <laughs> yeah. movie I have on my face right now. But I, I want I want them to know that I am dumbfounded by that comment. This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. Thank you again for joining us. We will be reviewing and breaking down and possibly spoiling if you haven't seen The Man Who Would Be King, starring Michael Caine and Sean Connery and Christopher Plummer for a little bit. Plus, the king's actual real-life wife who played Roxanne, the queen at the end of the movie, which I was very interested to learn through IMDb Wait, facts. say that trivia. again? Yeah, so John Huston is the director, and they had cast a famous actress for the role of the, the love interest at the end of the movie. Yeah. But then John Huston decided that he, did, he wanted to like cast somebody more appropriate to be an Indian princess kind of deal, oh. which I thought was surprisingly far forward for a movie that came out in the 1975. Well, at least they got something that. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, they were, he was talking with Michael Caine about this at dinner and Michael Caine's real life wife came in and they convinced her to uh, fill the role. Interesting. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. But in fact, we about the start. But what'd y'all think? Is this y'all the first time watching this movie? First time for me. Yeah, I'd never heard of this movie before. Drew, had you ever heard of this before? Ooh, no, I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't heard of the book, and I had heard of several Kipling novels as well. So, I mean, yeah, wow. So two podcasts in a row. I'm talking about books. What's wrong with me? Something, uh, something's not adding up. Something's not. We, we know this is not you. You've been replaced by a robot. We know it. Ultron. Well, it's it, well. It's like movies for me. I don't actually read the books. I just read the the cover on the back, and then I pretend like I know what it is. <laughs> you know this. Uh, this movie opens up with uh, Michael Caine in like heavy makeup and like beard and stuff. And yeah. I thought he was like trying to disguise his look from the person he was talking to, which you figure out <laughs> later on in the movie why he's doing that. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even recognize Michael Caine there. Like, not really, just by his accent. The way he talks, that's the only real reason I knew that was yeah, probably Michael his Caine. Cockney accent comes in. Yep. And then, and then it cuts to, you know, when he's not in all the makeup and heavy uh, makeup look. Uh, and I was like, holy God, is that what Michael Caine looked like in the 70s? <laughs> like, I realized yeah. I have never seen what Michael Caine looked like pre The Spy Who Shagged Me. Or is it mm. Goldmember? Whichever Austin Powers movie <laughs> he was in, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I ever oh saw Michael Caine. And then when yeah. um, Christopher Plummer comes on the screen, I was like, holy cow, that's the guy from Sound of Music. And I'd never seen him, <laughs> like what he looked like in anything before that, Sound yeah, of Music. Yeah. 
and then Both Sean Connery absolute snaps. And, and then Sean Connery comes on the screen. I'm like, you've looked the exact same for exact as long same. as I've known about you. <laughs> and, I mean, that was so funny. <laughs> but it got me thinking, like, I think the first time I saw Michael Caine was the Austin Powers movie. Uh, I think the first time I saw Sean Connery was probably Raiders of the Lost. No, not Raiders really of the Lost Ark. The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. Uh, Christopher Plummer is definitely Sound of Music, and I don't think much else since and the, like <laughs> Knives Out, I guess, is maybe the only other Christopher Plummer movie yeah. I think I've seen. Uh, but what, about, what <laughs> was it as shocking to you guys to see what they looked like when they were in, you know, their younger, I think they're still probably 30s, early 40s, but. Yeah, I mean, the movie came out like in 1975, but uh, I, I have seen a couple of older <laughs> Michael Caine movies. Um, the thing that gets me every time is that he's definitely much more handsome as an older gentleman. Uh, okay. he, he figured it out. Uh, but he, as a young man, he kept getting all these roles about like how he's like the cool hot guy. And I think the standards were different in the seventies because <laughs> your boy doesn't get it. Uh, there, there's know. another, there's another series. That's kind of like a, it's like a wannabe James Bond almost. It's called like the Empress Files and stuff like that. Um, but Michael Caine is like the cool guy, secret agent, like oh, basically wow. like, like James Bond. And I just don't get it. Like he's not the sexy, like, but ooh, hey, it's every, like. Every role he's ever had, he's got an extreme amount of confidence in that Cockney accent that you're just like, dude, I'll listen to whatever you got to say. I'll tell you what, confidence but, and charm. Charm yeah, right there. That dude is good. The man oozes suave. Like he is just absolutely the most confident. You guys are right. It's confidence. It's all confidence. And I'm all for it. I don't know how you could be more wrong in saying that Michael Caine's not handsome. The uh, John Huston was the director, and he actually originally wanted to cast uh, Humphrey Bogart and Clark Gable for the role like 20 years before, and oh, then yeah. they both passed away. And he is like a passion project for him to make. But uh, when I came across this movie, I was like, "Oh, Sean Connery and Michael Caine did a movie together. I would love to see these two awesome, you know, relatively older actors in cinema." And, and there was them young and to hear that they were like the third round of like, mm, I guess yeah. we'll get these newbies in this role in this movie. I thought it was really cool. Well, that had to be, it was 1975. It came out. That had to be after Connery's James Bond run, right? That uh, like I think he just started. Yeah. Or just started. He was like already balding in this movie. So I was like, there's no way oh, he's been bald. He's been bald forever. Yeah. He wore a toupee when he, he was James Bond. Now I gotta fight. Okay, now now I gotta figure out this before <laughs> after James. He had the gray beard and he was balding. And I was like, "There's no way this dude got James Bond after this movie." <laughs> uh, also, like, good. Well, I was gonna say, speaking with Sean Connery, actually uh, passed away like this month last year. What? Yeah. Wow. I don't. Yeah, think like, I knew that. Yeah, like October 30th or 31st or whatever of 2020. I am distraught. COVID took everything from this man. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh man, that's tough. I was just about to talk about how League of Extreme made him quit acting, but your your bit of info is way more shocking than mine. Although, if you've ever seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I'd say it's not that bad of a movie. Of course, I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. I made my wife my wife watch it, and she was like, "Do I have to?" And I was like, "Yes, you have to appreciate this." 
I, I, uh, I'm going to look that up now. You guys continue. I'm afraid when Sean Connery was. Yeah. Um, well, but while you were talking about them in a movie together, Drew, it uh, made me think while I, after that movie, I kind of scrolled through trailers, like as I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I realized that they were also in a bridge too far together. I had forgotten that. Oh, okay. Uh, a bridge too far has my... like literally everybody in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're like both a great state type of thing. Yeah. So, uh, the, I, I think we should probably start in with kind of the opening of the movie. And I meant to explain kind of what was going on because the first time I watched it, I had no idea because they, Sean Connor or Michael Caine is kind of pulling, a, uh, he robs Roger Kipling and then realizes he's a Freemason and then gives it back and then tells him about another scam he's running. And then it cuts to uh, Christopher Plummer and another British guy in a totally separate scene and they both march in just high-stepping it in unison. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world when I first watched it, having no context, just knowing that they were BSing their way through uh, probably some other scam that they have run a thousand times where they're just going to be like, we are soldiers and we are going to posh, pump, and stance through this. I think you call it brass it up or brass it through at the end of the movie where they do it again. It's like whenever they are stuck, they're just going to, as long as you're confident and walk strongly in stride, people aren't going to really stop you. Yeah. But you, I think uh, it's a- polish your uh, buttons till, you know, they're as shiny yeah. as possible and then uh, shine your belt and put ramrods in your legs and walk tall and see if anybody stops you. That's how you get off it when they try to charge you on drunkenness and refusing arrest. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful way to set up both these characters and and like in a way I, I did not expect to see Michael Caine and Sean Connery play these kind of low not low level but like these scam artists essentially as I've seen them as these epic you know powerhouses of cinema and but they pulled off so well I, Michael Caine got a lot of flack for this movie early on because his, they say he they thought he was hamming it up too much but I think it's one of those things where the, this movie came out in 1975 where any amount of emotion was seen as fake acting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know how to break it down because I thought he did a phenomenal job. I thought it was hilarious in this movie. I think this movie thought, needed some, some hamming up. Like he, I think he nailed yeah. his character perfectly. Um, you know, and obviously we're coming into it with 40 years of distance between mm-hmm. us and the movie. And uh, also, I don't know. I, I've never read the book. I assume none of you guys have. Like, I have no context for what this character is supposed to be like, quote unquote. I thought he did great. I felt like halfway through this movie, I was like, it's a really good thing that Michael Caine and Sean Connery aren't taking themselves too serious during this movie because it's one of those where like if they could have, and I think it would have been a really boring Mm -hmm. movie, but I think it was their uh, juvenileness, if that's a word, uh, kind of throughout that kind of made you kind of like mm-hmm. enjoying and being like, I really don't know what's going to happen next because they're idiots and like they're, uh, they're making it work somehow. Um, One of my favorite things about watching old movies is they're paced differently. And so it's like, when I watch a, a new movie nowadays, everything is like, every beat is so like, they're trying to punch it up as much as possible. I feel like it comes across either telegraphed too soon or it loses a little bit of weight because they're trying to add so much weight to it. And in this movie where it's, it's, it's not slow, and you made a great point that the, the comedy really brings it, breathes life into it that I think a lot of older movies don't have. But I love this movie for that exact reason, that it's funny, even to this day, 
because Sean Connery and Michael Caine are really great chemistry together, and they both are playing different, playing for different laughs. Like Michael Caine's character is kind of a smart, witty one, and Sean Connery is like the big, bronze, you know, bronze god, essentially god by the end of the movie, uh, burly man, bigger than life hero, and they both play off each other really well. Yeah, did Especially you like the the crazy man priest that Sean yeah. Connery plays when they're like at the campfire? And <laughs> I, I wanted to talk scene. about wanted to talk about that for a second because uh, yeah, uh, my first reaction when I saw that was, uh oh, uh, is Sean Connery in brownface? Uh, no, I don't. Was he, I want to. I, I want to hope he was just really tan. But no, I think there was like yeah. a, a, a no, Bro. no, there's no way. What are you yep. doing? 100%. You trying to cancel it? Are you trying to cancel a dead guy from a movie made 50 years ago? He just passed I, away last year, Cropper. Move on. No, no, no. But no, I, I thought it was great. <laughs> like it was a, a kind of a throwaway scene, just like this is what's going on as we montage through the desert. But there was so much character that yeah. both of those characters had in that moment. And there's that throughout the whole movie. Everywhere they go, they have a different scam. They're running a different creative thing. And you don't really, like, it's not a whole scene based on that. It's just like a little blurb. And then you move on to the next scenery or scene. And you don't get that nowadays. When Michael Caine spits the, uh, the ammo into the fire so that it causes a distraction, as he's eating rocks or like makes it look like he's eating rocks. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like Michael Caine or, or dates right or something. <laughs> he puts a bullet in his mouth and then starts eating dates so that they don't know that he's about to spit a bullet into the fire as a distraction. And that was another hilarious scene where they like these uh, rebels come in and like are about to steal their stuff and then they pull one over on him through wit. And then it ends with Michael Caine chasing down three mules in his yeah. underwear and I was like, boots. There's no way he's going to catch those mules. And then the next scene is he's got all <laughs> the mules. And I was like, ah, well, there you go. He might have charmed them with his Cockney accent. So, come here. And then he, and then they sell those mules like uh, the next scene for goat skins to get across the river. Yeah, yeah. Right. There, there was one scene where they're like in the water, and uh, I don't know if. You know, they're just trying to build the drama or if Michael Caine can't swim. But dear God, uh, <laughs> he looked like that dude yeah. was like intentionally throwing his head underwater and was like, oh, God, I'm drowning. And it's like, just put your head on the raft. What's wrong with you? <laughs> this feels like a very uh, like Jack on the Titanic. Like there's room for him on the door. Like just put <laughs> your head on the thing. Uh, it's not that hard. I feel like I'll do yeah, this more so concisely since we're you do you. In. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Hit it so it. Michael came in and Sean Connery are ex-soldiers of the British military and they want to go off to an Afghanistan country and they want to become a king somehow. So they basically pull off a bunch of different uh, bits to gain power, to gain wealth, and to gain an army to where they finally end up taking over a small country with the Afghanistan. Afghanistan. So mm-hmm. you know more about maps than I do in history. It's a fake country. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Because I was like, man, I never heard of that one. So, okay. That makes me feel better. Uh, and then they end up getting to the point where they end up taking over that country as well and the next country. And then people think that Sean Connery is God because he gets shot in his vest with an arrow and pulls it out and he was fine. And then he is mm-hmm. basically named God 
of, of whatever. <laughs> and then that is kind of where the, the falling action happens. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love now. the idea. Uh, but no, I love the idea of two soldiers coming out of the war and just being like grifters and scam artists. And then as India gets more and more like colonized, they have no more room for them. And so they're like, we're going to go head west. And all we know how to do is train soldiers and shoot people. So we're going to go where that's successful, which is the frontier, essentially, in the Middle and East. The best part of this movie, I think, is when they're in the big battle scene and the, the people that they're going to conquer are running out of their out of their castle, whatever thing. And then Michael Caine and Chandra mm -hmm. are leading their army and they're getting set up. And then the bell rings and the holy people are just walking <laughs> across the battlefield and everybody just bows down and lays down. Yeah. And Michael Caine and Sean Carter just see each other like, what is going on? That was one of my favorite parts of the movie because it was so <laughs> just like, it was very Monty Python-esque. It was very like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is That's what a is great this? point. Yeah. It's so out of left field. And you like, it, the, it gets set up so well because they're like training these men and they never really work it. And then they're in the battle and then, a bunch of extras just start storming out of this castle. Like that would be a CGI army if it was made nowadays, but you know that that was just 300 extras paid like $2 a day to come storm out of that castle. And it looks great on screen. There were, yeah, they all just bowed down. There, there were a couple things uh, as far as like bits that I thought were hilarious. Like when, uh, Every time they ask a village, like, hey, who are some enemies? Like, what you know, what's your problem with them? They're like, they all they come down or upstream and pee on us while we're bathing. Uh, and like everybody does that to each other. Uh it's, yeah. pretty, it's a pretty funny bit. Um, I love that yeah. they play polo with the heads of their enemies. Yeah. That was uh was pretty funny. Different customs. Different uh, customs. Yeah. And, and I was gonna mention that uh Drew earlier when you were talking about how comedy a lot today is really uh, overproduced and really punched up and you know the camera will cut into a guy's face to like really deliver a line or something yeah, like yeah. that and the comedy in this movie is just like a stationary camera and two guys delivering the lines and they have to carry it and make it funny yeah um, yeah and there's a lot of it that's kind of just subtle humor like that but as you think about it you're like okay yeah I, that was really funny and I'm, I'm giggling now um but yeah, that scene where Sean Connery uh, yeah. and Michael Caine are going back and forth on, uh, you know, different customs, you know, don't, don't judge them, Peachy, you know, d different customs for everybody. And then like yeah. they go back and forth on that. And I think this movie takes a, a real dark turn too, which I did not see coming at all. The ending of this movie I did not see coming. But uh, mm. later on, after Sean Connery has been declared king and he and Michael Caine's his right hand man, uh, they end up doing a lot of administrative work as god king <laughs> to these people like determining they, what the punishment buy should be months, they have to buy four months of time to let the snow caps melt so they can get back to england with their goods yeah so he has and to play chucker has to play up a god for four months and uh and then as the four months go on michael kane gets ready says hey it's time to leave and sean connery has become over over he's been overcome he's over he's been overcame He's been overcome by the uh, by the power and by the idea that he is God. Even convincing himself that mm -hmm. it might be real, the, the from the Freemasonry stuff and all that. And it's it's all his destiny. His destiny to become God, mm -hmm. basically. 
And uh, as you can guess, this is where hubris is the uh, always mm-hmm. the bad guy. It's always the, the fatal flaw of all Shakespearean tragedy. Uh, and it's no different here. And Michael Caine says, well, I'm leaving in the morning. And, Michael, and uh, <laughs> Daniel and Peachtree, right? That's their names? It might be Peachy. Easier to say. Peachy and Peachy, Daniel. Daniel Peachy. Maybe yeah. worse than Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine says, I'm going to leave at the first light. And Sean Connery is like, no, I'm getting married tomorrow. Just hang out and watch me get married. And Michael Caine's like, okay. And then they do. And then <laughs> wife bites his face off. And he yeah. Bleeds. While a woman is oh, screaming in the background, they're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be chilled. That wedding's going to go off without a hitch. So basically the story is two buddies want to go find wealth and riches. They find wealth and riches. One of them becomes over, overcame, becomes <laughs> overcome with power and Choose a different word. <laughs> Overcamed. It, you're, it's past tense. Thank you. Uh, he 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 becomes full of power, lust, lustful for power, and decides. That What's he wants wrong to with stay. you? Are you having a stroke? Decides he wants to stay there instead of leave with the money, like what they came there to do. Uh-huh. Guys, El Dorado. Did y'all ever see the road to El Dorado? <laughs> it's literally what I thought about in this entire movie. Oh my gosh! They yeah, totally ripped yeah. this movie off. In a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> when when they got to the way. point where Michael Caine was like, you know, like when, when Sean Connery tells Michael Caine off, he's like, I might be God. You don't talk to me like that. And you can tell like, ah, oh, this dude's yeah. power has gone to his head. I was like, dude, I saw this on the road to El Dorado when I was seven. <laughs> Except it was, it was animated and there was dancing and singing and stuff. You gave me loaded dice? <laughs> You fight like my sister. I, think this I movie fought your sister. It's a compliment. But you even think about it. There was even the game with the hoop thing in the, mm-hmm. the that they played. There. Yeah, El Dorado was just a ripoff of this movie. I'm mad about it for Michael Caine and Sean Connery. God rest his soul. And I hope that they're, <laughs> they're seeing some sort of, uh, of payment. For friend of the show, show. Sean Connery, RIP. Friend of the show. Uh, uh, but yeah, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And then the ending is so. I was just like, how are they going to get out of this? And then they no. don't. And I was like, what? No, that's, how, that's how it had to happen. That's how <laughs> it had like, to happen. Like, but in the road to El Dorado, so they get out with at least the girl and then like and the horse and I think like a satchel full of gold. These guys didn't get Jack. Mm-hmm. In fact, one mm-hmm. of them died. <laughs> did not see that coming. I, I, yeah, I, I will say I, I did. Yeah. I did expect them to get like all their gold to fall off or whatever. And they were going to run. I thought they were both going to escape and then they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe we made it out with our lives. What about all that gold? Blah, blah, blah. And one of them is yeah. going to hold up one of the rubies or something and be like, you know, <laughs> we got something. That was a but, great scene. When Sean Carter, look at the size of this ruby. And then Michael Cain got an even bigger one. <laughs> yeah. He's like, here's a bigger one. That was, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was I'm sorry. my first favorite line from the movie. Uh, did you guys have another one? Because I have a second one that I thought was also pretty great. Uh, I loved oh. pretty much everything Billy Fish said. Yeah, uh, he was good. Billy Fish <laughs> has not had a shout out yet, and he needed it because that dude is stolen. What show. a great character. Uh, one of the best parts was, uh, well, who's going to tell him, Daniel? You're not going to tell him, and I'm not going to tell him. And they just look at Billy Fish, and they're like, mm? he's like, no, no. Okay. And they're like, all right, that's my guy. <laughs> Uh, when uh, when they take they've already taken the beginning of the movie they take a pack they're not gonna drink alcohol they're not gonna sleep with a woman and mm-hmm. they're not gonna something else until they've become they've reached where they want to get <laughs> uh, 
about halfway through the movie, Michael Caine is trying to go to sleep. And then this girl comes in and takes her clothes off. And he's like, well, I signed a pact. I'm not going to do this. And then she's kind of like, I'm naked now, though. And then Sean Connery comes, well, how about this? And Michael Caine says, thank God you've arrived. Let's go seek safety <laughs> in battle. And they just up in the room. And I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> what a cool line said by Michael Caine yeah. to Sean Connery across from a naked woman. It's like, yeah, it does not were... get better than that. Did you guys have a favorite? I think my favorite scene was the battle scene with the holy people walking across. Was there a certain scene that stuck out to y'all from this movie that you really liked? I, I am in love with this movie, and there's not a scene I don't like. Like the part where they sneak past the guards, I think is really clever, a good beat. And then, and then they follow that with the, him being a crazy priest. And they follow that with the goats. It's like every like five minute clip is a different set piece. And it's not, I, I, just, I, I just love that they also don't come back to it. It's just they're in that moment and then they're on to the next moment and then they're on to the next moment. But as far as like a great scene, the one where after the battle scene where Uta, the the village leader, is like, yeah, I was in the battle. I won that battle, so I'm going to behead all these people and take their town. And Michael Kay's like, uh-uh, excuse me, what's going on here? <laughs> and Sean Connery just bows up to him, and Uta, like, backs away a little bit. And then they figure out Sikander and all that, that he's Alexander's son. And they come out, and they're playing polo with Uta's head. I was like, the fact that all of that happened like behind like the part with Uta getting killed it happened behind the scenes is a really great uh reveal and callback to the polo part mm-hmm. of the old village so all that coming together in a really great moment of the two British soldiers being like no 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 <laughs> we told you you're the leader but you're not the leader <laughs> Crawford did you have a favorite scene yeah I think uh more like vignettes I, I loved all the little tiny things that that whenever they're pulling a scam together um like when sean connery is pretending to be the mad priest in the city and kipling shows up and they're like oh brother kipling you came for the matinee performance uh (laughs) and you know how they explain the thing he's like yeah i can you know twitch with the best of them and you know pretend to be crazy and i can froth at the mouth something awful do you want to see it he's like no i'm okay Um, (laughs) and then michael kane translates for him right so like, I think that's pretty funny. Like Drew said, I loved when he uh, gives the orders for the marcher, you know, at the border. And that's how they get past the the patrol. And uh, I love when they confront the five uh, marauders and they, you know, overpower them by spitting a bullet in the fire. And um, I also thought it was funny when they get to, uh, they're about to cross the final thing and they get stuck and they're like, well, it's over. Um, and they're just laughing and they cause the avalanche. But like right before that, they're like, Sean Connery says something about, Oh, you know, I don't want to die like in the cold or whatever. And Michael Caine just goes, don't worry. When the fire goes out, I'll do the necessary. And Sean Connery's like, okay, thanks. It's like, they got really comfortable with just offing themselves yeah. just like real fast. There was like not a debate well, about it. They play well, it fast that and, and loose. And I think it calls back, or that is what they used to set up at the end of the movie when they look at each other knowing they're both about to die. And uh, Sean Connery goes, I'm not going to apologize to you for this, for, for walking into certain death. And Michael Gaines said, 
good. I didn't want you to. And then they say, all right, great. We're on the same terms now. We can die in peace, uh, which I thought was pretty great. And it kind of reminds you that scene they're in the cave and they're like, hey, we're probably dead here. Just There's just like another day in the office for them. Like that's what they yeah. did. They put their neck on the lives every day, which I thought was cool. And then my other favorite scene was when Sean Connery's on the bridge that's getting cut down as his, uh, as his death penalty, his death sentence. And they're then Michael Caine's being held back on the side and they're singing the same song together. I'm sure that's a British army song. I don't know because all we do is beat them in wars. I don't study their wars. Um, <laughs> and Michael Caine's the, still the singing. They've been allies in so many more wars since then. I only remember 1776, baby. The son of God goes forth to war. Oh, you had such a sly like smirk on your face, and like, oh, look how much I know about about they come British back and soldiers. Read a Wikipedia page. <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes. Though, was Michael Caine continuing to sing as Sean Connery falls to his doom, and there is the spoiler that was not alerted for how the movie ends. I, I did um, think that was interesting yeah, that, that uh, just the juxtaposition of he makes Michael Caine build that bridge as like keep yeah. him occupied and then it ends up being the thing that they use to kill him that's a great point uh, i yeah, did not think yeah. about that yeah you know the two things that I, i'll say that you may think of I, I thought you were talking about like your favorite like funniest you thought the scene was funniest but one of my favorite scenes in any movie is like when they are like the team is trying to steal money and they get the money finally or the jewels or the gold or whatever it is and then it's too much weight to carry out and so they have to you have to have that scene of how much do you leave behind what do you carry with you and then somebody eventually greed gets the best of them and they take too much and then you start losing people left and right and so that scene when they're getting chased out of the temple and the donkeys are falling off the cliff and then they're retreating but like it shows off the british infantry of they fire and then retreat a rank and then the next rank fires and they retreat behind that rank and that, was, that was really cool to see kind of that their infantry have, have gotten better throughout all the battles uh, and ultimately to end with the demise. And also Billy Fish, oh my gosh, does he get brutally just manhandled by the mob. That Man. was traumatic. He took one guy with him too. Uh, I really he thought Billy two. was going to make a better... <laughs> It's gonna make a better show of it. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna buy you some time. It takes out two people, and, and they, they just stand there and watch. They don't even leave. They're just like, oh, sweet <laughs> Billy. And you want to stand there and watch him die? <laughs> uh, uh, the the other thing is, I, I think this movie does a great job of giving you character moments. I think you mentioned it one time, Kyle. I really wanted to circle back to it of when you see Sean Carter's character start to believe that he's God. And he pulls Michael Caine's character aside and is like, hey, Peachy, I really think that like, if we really want to sell this, you should probably bow in front of me like everybody else is. And Peachy's kind of like, are you serious? Like, what are you, what? And he's just like, no, 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 just, just to, you know, just, you know, if we're going to be, you know, for real about this show, I would need you to, you know, it'd probably be better. And Michael Caine's like, yeah, okay. But you could tell that Michael Caine gets what's happening. And Sean Connery is like, okay, whew. Now we go be God for real. It's like that moment is yeah. paced really beautifully. That's the turning point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, beside this, beside El Dorado completely ripping this movie off. <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd recommend it to someone. So I want to ask you, Drew, what sticks out to this movie about you that you're just like, man, I wanted to talk about this movie. I wanted to watch this movie. It's, I think it's the best. Like I like to watch 
older movies and like kind of try to but you have to be in the right headspace if you're gonna watch older movies because there's a lot slower the scenes are a lot longer they're paced differently um but when you are in the right headspace to enjoy a movie like that you they're made so much differently and there's a lot more rich things on the margins is what i'll say again uh maybe the first time i said it but like like those vignettes like crawford was saying like those little beats and they don't come back to them it's just really refreshing to see like all of this world is built out so much so that they have like 12 three or four minute scenes back to back to back that they won't go back to but you just get those moments and then they move on to the next problem and then they have another problem and then sometimes they luck out and they survive the next problem and sometimes they have to totally pivot and go on to something else and i it's when you watch those older movies it's i think you get just just the golden cinema i don't know if it's nostalgia or what i don't think that's right because i i wasn't watching these movies when i was growing up but it's this is the best movie i think to get somebody into watching some older movies because you got sean connery and michael Caine just chewing up the scenery in a pretty funny movie still to this day and it's a very dramatic great story and it's a pretty tragic one too at the mm -hmm. end it's definitely a tragedy yeah Mm -hmm. um, and then very briefly, uh, rapid fire guys, where does this fall on your Michael Caine, Sean Connery, uh, best movies of their repertoire? Uh, is this high up there for y'all or is this down lower on the list? I will start off and say, I've seen very few Sean Connery movies. I've seen even fewer Michael Caine movies. If you take out the Christopher Nolan movies he's in. And, uh, so I, I would say this is, I don't think this is close to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen for Sean Connery for me. Uh, but and for Michael Caine, I think this is just a step above uh, Goldmember. Uh, Crawford, what about you? Where does this fall on your uh, Sean Connery, Michael Caine list? I don't know. I'd say maybe uh, middle of the road, below average for on, on both. Like it's no finding Forrester for Sean Connery. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a deep cut. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. Should I have? Go. Okay. I don't know. I think he got nominated for an Oscar, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't know. Young Michael Caine always freaks me out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, was he in Muppet Treasure Island? Yes. Or, no. was, or, or was he just in uh, A Christmas Carol? The Christmas Carol. That's the okay. one. Yep. That would have been okay. the first Michael Caine movie I saw. Yep. Because, man, he is great in that movie. He's phenomenal. He is so good and, in that movie. Uh, this doesn't oh, hold a candle to the, that. Oh my, that might be his best movie of all time. When you know he's what? at the <laughs> seeing the ghost of Christmas future, he's like crying and being like, I'll be better. I'm like, I know you will, Michael Kane. I believe <laughs> you, Scrooge. Here, here's a hot sports opinion and should maybe be uh, the next podcast. Did the Muppets movies do all the movies better than like the original classics? <laughs> we don't even need to do one because the answer is yes. The next one's the answer is yes. Sprinting. They're amazing. Muppet uh, Squid Game? No, no Muppet oh Squid God. Game. Oh my God. That, that would be amazing. Oh my put, gosh. Before we get I too need far a producer to call me. Yeah, so all that to say, wrapped up. Drew Allen, I thought this was a great movie recommendation because I really yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. And I would have mm -hmm. never thought to turn this movie on had you not said, hey, turn it on. So if you're looking, listener, if you're looking for a uh, good movie, from the olden days, see Michael Caine and Sean Connery back when they were young. Uh, it's a good, it's a good flick. And to hit our quota for the day, this is one of Christopher Nolan's favorite films.
No way. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you just say that about every movie we talk about? or Every movie that I like. I feel like I've missed a lot of Michael Caine. And I feel like I didn't watch a single James Bond, so I didn't see any Sean Connery. Uh, I've got oh, some work to go. do. I've got some work Did you to see do. Highlander? There can only be one. And no, I didn't. <laughs> ah, he's a Spaniard <laughs> he with a Scottish trailer. accent. It's amazing. And you're trying to cancel All like, right. 30 seconds of brown face in this movie? What's wrong with you? Accents are different. <laughs> uh, if so, you enjoyed the guy who would be king, the king who would be... The man guy, who would be Sean king. Sean Connery who would be... Who Sean gets Connery. overcome with God's gets overcome. Lust. Here's a bigger one. <laughs> uh, email us at ntpodpodcast at gmail.com or reach on Twitter at ntpodpodcast. Thank you for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.